this is Jim Lyon. You're listening to Viewpoint. With me today, Kimberly Majeski. Hey, Jim. Kimberly, you know, one of the great uh, experiences I've had with you over time is to go to the Holy Land. Yes. We've actually been there, you and I together, a leading a group. Times, yeah. <laughs> That's right, and seen so many amazing places that have been made famous in in the scriptures and have become part of our our vernacular even when we talk about uh, turning water into wine people think about that story even if they don't know the story it's a phrase in the language feeding the 5000 talks about taking a five loaves of bread and two fish and and making more than enough out of it i mean there's so many things in the holy land that kind of come to life when that's you, right when you are there and i so have appreciated your devotion to research and history to help put context mm-hmm. on what you see in the modern day holy land that helps take us back to some of the original stage mm-hmm. uh, of these stories in the new testament one of the things that uh, we've been talking about on viewpoint the last few weeks is this idea of more than enough that when jesus comes by people usually receive a blessing that's more than what they expected. Mm -hmm. It's more than enough. In fact, Jesus said famously, uh, speaking outside the temple of ancient Jerusalem, the devil, the thief, comes to steal, rob, and destroy, but I came to give life and life abundantly. That's another way of saying to give you more than enough life. I I don't want you just to survive. I want you to have life that is exciting and and that you can celebrate and, and revel in, so to speak. That's not about pleasure, it's about a state of being, a sense of consciousness where I am so glad to be alive. We might say that the abundance is really the, it's a property of the kingdom. Uh, this this scarcity, the idea of scarcity is really a lie from the enemy. And it's one that we live into. It can be a reality of our circumstances. But the posture of the kingdom, life in the kingdom filled with Jesus on mission and purpose for Jesus is a life of abundance for sure. And it's a life that fulfills. And uh, once you taste it, you just want more of it. Mm -hmm. And so we've been walking through some of these stories of Jesus in John's gospel. There are eight miracles in John's gospel that, that dramatize how he can make your life filled with more than enough of the good things. Not bad things, but good things. And today we're going to look at a story about a man who is very needy and he needs some hope. He needs some sense that his life can be different and better than it is. I'm not sure he's even looking for it. He's he's probably lived so long discouraged that he's not even sure there's anything else. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of accommodated himself to his way of being. But Jesus is going to come by and give him more than enough. He's going to dare him to have more than enough. It's a great, great history, Kimberly. And I think there are lessons in it, not just uh, for our intersection and conversation day, but actually that it can apply to my life and yours and to all those who are listening. Because I think all of us understand sometimes we just need to have some more life. And Jesus is promising more than enough. As you listen to our broadcast today, we want you to know that we're always glad to hear from you. And we have a toll-free number that runs 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's not a recording either that you'll hear on the other end. It's a live person, a member of our ministry team. We'd love to hear from you. Dial this number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. I'll give you the number again at the end of our program, but just for now, no, we're always glad to hear from you. Kimberly, there is a famous story told in John chapter 5. Yes. Jesus is out and about. He's in the city. They're in Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. He's there in the company of his friends, I think, and he is naturally out with people. One of the things about Jesus that just always draws me is 
he has moments alone. He needs to get yes. out of the town, so to speak, mm-hmm. and he has quiet moments he prays. But it seems like most of his time is energized by being with people. He is always out on the streets. He's coming and going. He's in a crowd. There's something about Jesus that loves being with people. And that means he might even like to be with me and you too. And that's where this story takes us, into a crowded place. This is John chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. I'm going to read the first couple verses here and then pick it up. Okay. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, was the Pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. Let's just pause right there. So what we have is a gathering place in the city that is a place where people who are physically in need have by custom gathered around. Why do you think they came to that pool? So many people in the ancient world um, believe that water had healing properties. And so um, this would have been a place that they would have gone to for the waters that would have been either hot and healing or cool and refreshing. And they believed that those experiences would help cleanse away whatever bad things were in their bodies and causing them to be ill. It's very mystical and magical sort of uh, belief that they had about how this worked. Um, And it's because they didn't really have any real medical care in that time. And so they used sort of the stories and the mythologies that existed to believe themselves to be accessing care. And actually, it's not so far different from what we have even in more modern times. People want to go to hot springs or spas. Maybe there's a certain comfort level from being cooled or heated by it. But even in modern time, there are people who believe that if they just get into that hot spring, somehow, miraculously, their arthritis will be healed or whatever it is. That's right. And and so it's it's not so foreign even from the present day, Mm -hmm. this idea that I need to get somewhere that might offer me the chance, Mm -hmm. a little bit of hope Mm -hmm. that my condition might be improved. But I think there's also another dynamic in play, and that's a, it's a place of community. There are all kinds of people coming and going. Mm-hmm. You know, in the ancient world, these pools were places of, of conversation and mm-hmm. meetup and mm-hmm. transactions. Uh, this is the Sheep Gate. It's not so far from the holy places. There are all mm-hmm. kinds of reasons people gather there. And here we have this custom of people who are physically challenged gathering together. I'm going to guess there were some beggars, if we might yes. call them, or panhandlers, or all kinds of things going on where people are, you know, asking for money, buying the passerby, the able-bodied are right. walking by, can you please help me? And the people who have gathered there who are in desperate physical need have done so in part because there's a crowd there that might have sympathy on them. That's right. And because they are completely dependent upon the kindness, the alms, the goodness of strangers. There is no safety net. There is no insurance policy. There is no uh, state-run beneficiary sort of payout for them. They are completely dependent upon if somebody stops by and decides to help them. So they do want to be where the crowds are and where passersby might stop and say, yes, I'll give you a coin or here's a piece of bread. This, this is what they do all day, every day. And their hope is maybe just to survive the day. Of course. Or maybe I'll find some relief, but temporary. My guess is, and I can only speculate here, that most of the people who assembled here did not actually think that their lives could be changed in any dramatic way. They're trying to survive. They're trying to cope For sure. with, with a world that's very difficult and beyond their control. And that brings us to the next part of the story. Kimberly, pick it up for us. One of the men lying there had been sick for 38 years. 
When Jesus saw him and he knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me into the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else always gets there ahead of me. Jesus told him, Stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. Instantly, the man was healed. He rolled up his sleeping mat and began walking. Wow. So we have a crowd of people. We have a lot of people in desperate straits, all kinds of people coming and going. It's commotion. My guess is it's noisy. Mm-hmm. It's probably hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's, it's a convergent zone of humanity. That's right. Jesus walks into the space, and he finds one man mm-hmm. and starts talking to him. When we come back, we're going to explore what that can be when Jesus finds you. We'll be right back. The gentle healer came into our town today. He touched blind eyes and the darkness left to stay. But more than the blindness, he took their sins away. The gentle healer came into our town today. The gentle healer came into our town today. He spoke one word that was all he had to say. And the one who had died just rose up straight away. The gentle healer came into our town today. Oh, he seems like just an ordinary man With dirty feet and rough but gentle hands But the words he says are hard to understand And yet he seems like just an ordinary man The gentle healer, he left our town today. I just looked around and found he'd gone away. Some folks from town have followed him, they say. That the gentle healer is the truth, the life, the way. Okay, Kimberly, when I say the name Bethesda, mm-hmm. what pops into your mind? Uh, a Bethesda Hospital. Bethesda... The Naval Hospital. Naval Hospital. That's much in the news. It's a, it's a center of medicine and healing just outside Washington, D.C., just outside the district mm-hmm. in Bethesda, Maryland. And that's become a part of our culture in the United States, that word Bethesda. But that place was named after the Pool of Bethesda, which right. is the New Testament story. Jesus has walked into a public space, which is the pool at Bethesda. And there he identifies a man who's been lame for 38 years. The, the nature of his physical disability is not clear, but it's so severe that the man is unable under his own steam to get up and go into the water on its own. That's right. And so it's a, it's a very compromising condition that he has. 
And what really jumps off the page at me here is here we have a man who really his life has been has been saddened mm -hmm. by his physical challenges, and, and that's wholly understandable and reasonable. 38 years is a long time. That's longer than some people listening to this program have been alive. Yeah. Uh, to think about that disability, and it says he's been coming there for this period mm -hmm. of time. I mean, he's, he's made this his lifetime. Mm -hmm. uh, whatever his home situation was, he spent his days here mm -hmm. probably begging, sure. probably watching, probably just longing for something more. And as he is there on this day, which for him is like every other day, <laughs> Jesus comes by and actually talks to him. There's no evidence that this man was calling out to Jesus. He wasn't saying, oh, Jesus, have mercy on me. There's no evidence that he even knows who Jesus is. Right. But Jesus approaches him and asks him the question. It seems almost preposterous. Would you like to walk? Right. What kind of question Who is that? Who wouldn't, right? And I, you know, it strikes me 38 years. Wouldn't you have given up by the 38th year? 38th that, day. Yeah, that <laughs> healing is coming to you, do you know? Uh, so this was totally unexpected, totally uh, unplanned for, and, and must have caught him at a great surprise. Well, all of us have things in life that we need to accept. There are some boundaries that perhaps the world has given us, that, that life has given us. And, and finding peace in life uh, sometimes means accepting the reality. Well, this is my life, and, and there's some validity to that. But for many people who have a sense of emptiness inside, who are not content, but they're not sure what to do about it, and there's this constant sense of, of just loss and mm -hmm. longing for something more, but not believing there's any hope. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus is daring this man to think beyond what he has experienced. Mm -hmm. he's, he's forcing him to answer a question that seems so obvious on his face, but actually is important to ask. We realize that your life has been difficult. We know that you've had some hard knocks. We know that your family may have been uh, miserable. We know that you may have had a car accident. We know that you may have made some choices in your own life that have caused you to be compromised. I mean, there are all kinds of backstories. We know mm -hmm. all of that. Mm -hmm. And now here you are in a broken place. Do, do you really want it to be better? Mm -hmm. Because many of us, when we're injured, just want to retreat and lick our wounds. And it's hard for us to, to actually get the energy to muster up the will to think, wait a minute, I'm not going to accept this. Oh, and this is what he does here. He, Jesus asks, do you want to be well? And he, he explains why he can't be well. Right Here's the reason why I can't be well. Your question is, is misplaced, Mr. <laughs> Whoever you are. Right. Uh, do I want to get well? Well, I can't get well. The question of what I want isn't relevant mm -hmm. because the reality is I do not have the capacity to do anything about my life. That's really what he's saying. I have no options. I cannot change the course of my life, and Jesus is not willing to leave him there. It's a stunning encounter for sure because I just can't imagine uh, having to live that way for 38 years and then being able to put my belief in one more thing. But it must be obvious to him that whatever he's been doing, whatever life he's been living, is not making him better. And so why not listen to this guy who's walking by and asking me if I want to be well? Well, and there's clearly an intersection here where this man has some kind of thread of faith. Jesus says to him in reply to his explanations, well, I'm, I'm telling you, get up and walk. <laughs> pick, pick up that mat and get up and walk. There's something in this moment where the man has some faith. 
maybe it's just the fact that the question was asked and it, and it's allowing him to think out of his box. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's able to just at the power of Jesus' suggestion, Mm -hmm. see himself doing something that he had never done for 38 years. Maybe it's the fact that Jesus is just close by and supernaturally breathing into him a sense of hope and power. Whatever it is, in that moment, because Jesus asked the question, because Jesus is calling him out, because Jesus is giving him a dare, he has to make a choice. Dare I stand up? Can he try? And he does. He does, and he did. Not long ago, I was in Paraguay. And while I was there, I was talking to the pastor of one of our local churches, and he described how many of the young people in his church, teenagers, high school students, go out in the afternoons after school with signs, and they walk in the traffic jams of their city. The city is called Encarnacion. It's a city of about 500, 600,000 people, so no small place. But like many older cities in Latin America, the streets are congested, traffic circles. You can imagine all the cars just kind of in a jam at certain hours of the day. And these students go out in the traffic jam and they hold up sides and say, can we pray for you? Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting about the stories that come back. Some people make obscene gestures. Some people roll up their windows. You know, their cars are just stopped there, but they don't want to engage anyone sure. with that kind of uh, intersection, But every now and then people will say, yes, can you pray for me? My son ran away from home or mm-hmm. I'm losing my job or whatever their mm-hmm. things are. But while I was there, they told me the story of these kids. I think there were four or five of these students. They were walking around in the traffic circle and all the cars are stopped holding their signs. Will you, can we pray with you? And this guy rolls down his window and he says, well, yeah. Can you pray for my wife? And he gestures to his wife who's seated in the front seat with him. And he said, she is losing her ability to walk. She cannot walk now. And we've been to every doctor. And right now we're coming home from the, the last chance doctor who's saying it's hopeless. Mm-hmm. She, she has no future. You're saying that you can pray about that. Well, let's see if that'll work. So it's not necessarily that the people in the car were filled with faith or even looking for right. Jesus to intervene. But since Jesus showed up in the person of those kids, mm-hmm. he said, yeah, give it a go. Sometime- and so they started to Marched around the car. Well, I mean, they marched around the car and started praying for her. And the woman said, wait a minute, I I feel something. And to her astonishment and to the astonishment of all the cars around, because everyone heard this happen, she got out of the car and walked around the car. Oh, my goodness. Now, I'm I'm just telling you, that's that's a modern modern day (laughs) Pula Bethesda story Uh where someone who had no hope, who had essentially given up, had a moment where someone brought Jesus close by. That's right. And then they had a minute. Something happened. I don't know that that could be replicated every time, but something happened there. Right. And she took the dare and got out of her car and walked. That's right. Sometimes I think maybe it is desperation that drives us to to believe in that sort of thing. Sometimes it's just you're in the right place and it's right in front of you. Jesus is right in front of you. And so you just decide to give it a chance. Whatever happened that day, this man did it. And he stood up and he walked after 38 years of being lame in both feet. And we're here to tell you today, whatever your challenge might be, wherever you're feeling like you're at a point of desperate need, Jesus is still alive. And Jesus is still walking into the pool of Bethesda. He's walking into the traffic jam in Mm -hmm. Paraguay. He's walking by you right now. He's close by to you right now, even as you're listening to us. I promise you he is. And he wants to give you, and he has the capacity to give you, hope and life and life to fill you up. But you have to be willing to hear him and to take the dare. 
If you're listening to us today and you already know that Jesus is alive, don't underestimate your capacity to bring Jesus into the conversation with someone that you may meet along life's highway that needs some help. Do not be intimidated by your doubt or fear, but allow Jesus to speak through you to encourage, to bless, and to call hope out of someone else. Wherever you are in life, whatever side of the equation you're on, take a minute right now and pray with us. Just take a deep breath and know that God in heaven is listening as we speak to him. Our Father, we're so thankful today for Jesus. We're thankful for the way in which he can bring to us life and life abundant, that there is no power, there is no difficulty, there is no challenge greater than his capacity to meet it and overcome it and bless us through it. Mm -hmm. And Lord, we're thankful that he can give us not just the capacity to survive, but to have life more than enough. I thank you for this man who was healed way back when at the Pool of Bethesda. I thank you for the woman who was healed in Encarnacion not so long ago in Paraguay. I thank you for people who might be healed just listening and praying with us now. And not just physical healing, Lord, but the healing of the soul and the investment of new life and confidence going forward. That life can be better, it can be richer, it can be more complete tomorrow than it is today if... We allow ourselves to hear Jesus dare us for new life. Father, forgive us of our sin. We're not worthy of your favor. But we thank you for what Jesus has done on the cross that has broken the power of hell itself to hold us. And I pray, Lord, that as we surrender into his forgiveness and his grace, that you will breathe new life into us. I pray for every person who in desperate need is joining us in prayer right now, that before 30 days pass, they will see absolutely proof that you have heard their prayer and that you are calling new life into them. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Weak and wounded sinner Lost and left to die Raise your head for love is passing by Come to Jesus Come to Jesus Come to Jesus And live Now your burden's lifted And carried far away Precious blood has washed away the stain So sing to Jesus Sing to Jesus Sing to Jesus And live And like a newborn baby Don't be afraid to crawl Remember when you walk, sometimes we fall So fall on Jesus Fall on Jesus Fall on Jesus And live Sometimes the way is lonely Steep and filled with pain So if your sky is dark And pours the rain 
and cry to Jesus, cry to Jesus, cry to Jesus, and live. Oh, and when the love spills over and music fills the night, and when you can't contain your joy inside. Then dance for Jesus, dance for Jesus, dance for Jesus, and live. And with your final heartbeat, kiss the world goodbye. Then go in peace and laugh on glory's side And fly to Jesus Fly to Jesus Fly to Jesus And live Fly to Jesus Fly to Jesus, fly to Jesus, and live. So, now, call us up. Talk to us. Tell us what you think. Let us pray with you once more. Ask a question. Make a comment. Dial this number. Toll free. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. You know, Kimberly, we have a, a moniker here. This is Christians Broadcasting Hope. Our program's called Viewpoint, but it's CBH, Christians Broadcasting Hope. Mm-hmm. If someone wanted to go online and find us, where would they find us? Yeah, they could go to cbhviewpoint.org and send us a message there, and we'll respond. You can read about the ministry, and we'll also communicate with you online if you like. Or at the last, if you prefer, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana, 46018, USA. And so this week, whether you call us on the phone, whether you check us out online, or whether you reach out to us by post, in any case, let us hear from you. Kimberly, thanks for coming to the Pool of Bethesda with us today. Hey, happy to talk the miracles of Jesus with you any day. It's a good <laughs> it's a good conversation, mm-hmm. and we're so thankful that you've joined us. We hope you'll be with us again next week when we continue our series called More Than Enough, exploring ways in which we can actually find life with Jesus. For all of us at the Viewpoint team, for all of us at Church of God Ministries, which is the host of our broadcast, this is Jim Lyon. Stay tuned. Mm-hmm.